How's it going, everyone? And yes, the title says it all. We're going to be talking about Cartoon Network movies. I mention every now and then that I was a huge fan of Cartoon Network growing up. That's because it featured most of my favorite shows. And with those shows came great movies, so I decided to binge watch most of them recently and decided it would make for a great episode. In this episode, I'll be sharing my top 10 favorite movies from Cartoon Network, whether they were made for TV or were given the theatrical treatment. Spoilers, there's only like one that made the list. Hmm. These movies will be judged based on their stories, themes, comedy, and how they fit the overall shows they're based on. However, there are a couple of rules I have to bring up first. 1. I'm only sticking with shows that originally aired on Cartoon Network. That means none of the Pokemon movies or Scooby-Doo movies, despite the latter having a few of them airing on Cartoon Network. Believe me, I love the crossover movie with Scooby-Doo and Courage the Cowardly Dog, but it doesn't really count in the grand scheme of things. So sad, but whatever. I'm no stranger when it comes to bringing disappointment. <laughs> 2. If a show has more than one movie, then I'm only picking one because I don't want any show to feel oversaturated. And 3. I'm only sticking with movies that are animated. That means none of those shitty live-action remakes or original movies. What? You thought Disney was the only one to give us shitty live-action movies? No. Cartoon Network ain't that innocent either. Once more, everything I say is just my opinion. So if you disagree with my list, that's fine. Also, if I sound a little negative during this episode, it's because Cartoon Network isn't exactly the best when it comes to making movies. Unlike Disney. Maybe this same thing can be argued for Nickelodeon, but I won't let that affect my ranking too much. Oh yeah, spoilers for those who haven't seen any of these movies. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is the Top 10 Best Cartoon Network Movies of All Time. Number 10. Johnny Bravo Goes to Bollywood. Starting off my list, we have a movie that some of you might not even heard of, let alone seen. And yes, Johnny Bravo indeed had a movie, which, at the time of this recording, was only released in Australia and New Zealand. Still, I feel like it deserves to be on this list. After years of being irrelevant, Johnny Bravo moves to Bollywood to regain his fame, but gets tangled with the murder plot involving his rival-slash-counterpart, Jiggy. Even though this story is very simple, I can't help but notice something familiar. For those who are diehard fans, you will know that this movie's plot is almost a rehash of the Season 4 episode, Johnny Bravo Goes to Hollywood. Aside from obviously changing the setting from Hollywood to Bollywood, they also rehash the same theme about knowing who your true friends are, regardless of how famous you become. Except here, it's a lot more apparent because it didn't take long for Johnny to let all the fame get to his head when everyone started fussing over him instead of Jiggy. It's also a little disappointing that out of all the main characters they included, only Mrs. Bravo was in this movie. Yeah, I'm fucking serious. No Susie, no Carl, and no Pops, which is crazy when you realize how vital these three are to the overall show. In this movie, they mostly focus on new characters, including Johnny's monkey butler who became the next big star, simply because he can talk. It's kind of a stupid reason when you realize talking animals were already a normal thing in the show. However, the humor is what saves this movie for me. Like in the beginning where Johnny, who has finally moved out and lives in his own apartment mind you, becomes a figurative and literal couch potato after years of being irrelevant. It doesn't get more meta than that. <laughs> or watching Johnny and Jiggy compete against each other, which led to them eventually teaming up to stop the villain towards the end, even dressing up as freaking Batman and Robin respectively. But of course, Mrs. Bravo did most of the work. Even though this movie feels inferior to most of the movies I picked, I find it enjoyable enough to be put in the top 10. Number 9. The Powerpuff Girls Movie Next, we have the first and only theatrical movie on this list. That of course being the Powerpuff Girls Movie. This movie has definitely become very mixed over the years. It doesn't help that it failed miserably at the box office. 
But what's the movie actually about despite being based off one of Cartoon Network's biggest hits? In the city of Townsville, Professor Utonium creates three little girls with superpowers who are seen as outcasts. They then must prove themselves after being double-crossed by the now evil Mojo Jojo. If my brief synopsis didn't give it away, this movie serves as a prequel to the show. But that's also the movie's biggest problem. Why is that a problem you may be wondering? Well, if you make a movie that also serves as a prequel, then it really doesn't give the show any sort of benefit because we already know these characters and what conflicts they have to endure. And, obvious elephant in the room, there's already an origin story about the girls and how Mojo inadvertently helped create them. I guess they were trying to be like those DBZ movies involving Bardock and Future Trunks, in which they're giving us a more in-depth version of events already seen in the show, but it still doesn't change anything with the show moving forward. Not to mention almost everyone in Townsville acting all mean-spirited towards the girls, and I get it, that's the whole point because they were trying to win their trust. Still, it's very painful to watch nowadays. There are some good things to talk about. For one thing, the animation looks really good, as it's the same animation they stuck with for the remainder of the show. As well as a couple of funny moments, like the mayor only giving a shit about his pickle carts getting destroyed instead of the whole goddamn city he's supposed to be in charge of. Or when the other monkeys that Mojo brainwashed started with immunity while invading Townsville. There's also a good message about overcoming your fears despite how other people view you. And of course, action scenes. Especially the final battle between the girls and Mojo. So yeah, the Powerpuff Girls movie may be pointless, but they managed to make it enjoyable enough for me to put on the list. Number 8. Dexter's Ego Trip Now here's a movie I watched a lot when I was a kid. Actually, I used to have this movie on VHS thinking about it. Remember those things? Damn, do I feel old. <laughs> when Dexter finds out he's the one that will save the future, he travels to different times to meet multiple versions of himself and stop Mandark's reign of terror. Yes, it's one of those time travel movies, but it has a very simple premise. Yet, there are a few problems I have. First off, aside from Dexter, the other characters hardly appear. Even Dee Dee, who only appeared for like two minutes and only have one line of dialogue. That of course being her catchphrase. Second, not once throughout the movie did we see Dexter question the whereabouts or show concern about his family. Not even during Mandark's tyranny. I know, the movie is called Ego Trip, because Dexter has a serious ego. But you would think it would show a little care about his family. And third, this movie really doesn't have a theme or message per se. Maybe you can argue the theme is working together to overcome any challenge. But even so, you really have to squint in order to see it. At least the episode, Last But Not Beast, conveyed the message more clearly. However, the rest of the movie makes up for it. I especially love the personalities of each Dexter. Like D-22, who's very timid but eventually grows a backbone. Action Dexter, who's very heroic and definitely lives up to his name. And Old Dexter, who's very senile and carries most of the movie for me. Especially when it comes to humor. Speaking of which, some funny moments I can name without question was seeing Mandark torture D-22 for being almost late for work. Old Dexter taking forever to walk down a flight of stairs, or when all four Dexters were pissed off to discover that it was actually Dee Dee who saved the future. Before that, there was a bunch of cool action scenes like Action Dexter saving everyone from Mandark's robots, or the epic final battle between the four Dexters and four Mandarks. I'll admit, that scene is still fucking cool after all these years. Fun fact, this movie was actually meant to serve as a series finale before getting renewed for two more seasons, a decision fans became very split on, even to this day. Overall, Dexter's Ego Trip may not have the best theme or morals, but it has plenty of action humor which is enough for me to put in the top 10. Number 7. Regular Show, The Movie. I know, Keith, Matt, and Nick are probably raging as we speak. Sorry guys, love you all, but hey, top 10 is still great in my opinion. Anyway, when the universe is in peril, Mordecai, Rigby, and the rest of the park workers have to travel back in time to stop their younger selves from creating the Time NATO, a tornado powerful enough to unravel time and space. You know, a normal Tuesday in a cartoon called Regular Show. <laughs> but in all seriousness, 
I thought this movie was very entertaining, except for a few things that rubbed me the wrong way. First off, even though Mordecai and Rigby are obviously the main focus, I wish the other characters had more screen time than what they were given, and I'm not sure if it's just me, but did anyone else get confused by the continuity of this movie? Keep in mind, you're listening to someone who hasn't seen every episode, but I do remember there was an episode about Rigby revealing they dropped out of high school, only for him to eventually go back and graduate many seasons later. Yet in this movie, Mordecai and Rigby both get expelled even though we knew damn well Mordecai graduated high school sometime before the show. It's so fucking confusing, man. But hey, if any Die Hard fans have an answer to that, please let me know in our Discord or at least Instagram. I also think they could have utilized the younger slash older versions of Mordecai and Rigby a little bit more. But this is regular show we're talking about. That means there has to be humor, right? Of course! And that's what helped save this movie. Like everyone kept remarking how future Rigby looks so much cooler than the Rigby they know, Muscle Man fighting his past self, as well as the villain's motive for starting this whole time travel paradox in the first place. It's so fucking stupid but hilarious. I also admire the message of friends sticking together, which is why our dynamic duo learns towards the end. Overall, regular show of the movie turned out to be a pleasant surprise, which is why it's on the top 10 list. Number 6. Destination Imagination Just make it slightly below the top 5, we have the third and final Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends movie, Destination Imagination. Unlike the other geeks, I was fairly disappointed with the show, mainly because of how mean-spirited it felt in later seasons. And sadly, this movie is chock full of that, but I'll explain the premise first. Here, Frankie gets kidnapped by a mysterious and powerful imaginary friend, prompting Mac, Blue, and the rest of the gang to go save her. Let's address the one problem this movie has, and that's everyone acting incompetent. Throughout the movie, everyone kept treating Frankie poorly and taking her for granted. I know that's the whole point in the movie's conflict, but it's still hard to watch. And by far, the worst were Blue and Mr. Harriman. Then again, Blue has always been a lazy, whiny little shit. But I argue Mr. Harriman is as worse than this movie, acting more like a fucking asshole than he did in any other episode, especially when he had the nerve to fire Frankie and attempt to replace her. To be fair, he does eventually learn to respect Frankie and eventually invokes a new rule to have everyone help her out around the house. Then again, it kinda contradicts the first season where everyone already has to do chores, but whatever, it does work for the movie's conflict, and as a minor gripe, I kinda wish that Madame Foster had a bigger role instead of saving her for the credits. Thankfully, the rest of the movie makes up for it. For one thing, the animation is at its best, especially with the different art styles you see within the toy chest. Not to mention a few humorous moments like Mr. Harriman immediately firing this bootleg version of Mary Poppins. Or when the gang had to fight their creepy copies in a not-so-subtle reference to Mario Bros. And to be honest, out of all the villains we've seen in the show, World is without a doubt the best. Not only does he have a unique ability to morph into anyone or anything within his toy chest, but when you really think about it, he's not entirely evil. He's just an imaginary friend that's looking for a friend after being taken away from his owner, and Frankie was the first one to realize that. Honestly, the bond between her and World provides some of the most wholesome moments in the movie. Also, fun fact, this movie also won an Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program back in 2009, so more brownie points for achieving that. Despite all the problems I have, I think Destination Imagination is a great movie, and it feels like a better way to end all Fosters. Unlike the actual final episode, Goodbye to Blue. God, that was a fucking terrible episode. Number 5. Codename Kids Next Door, Operation Zero. We're now in the top 5, and to start us off, we have the Kids Next Door movie, Operation Zero. After Father both intentionally and stupidly revived the ultimate evil, aka Grandfather, his own father funny enough, Number 1 must team up with the legendary Number 0 to save everyone from being turned into senior citizen zombies. One of the reasons why I ranked this movie so high is because of the world building as we got to learn more about the KND and its origins, not to mention all the crazy revelations that came along with it. Most notably, Number One's father, Monte Uno, being the elusive Number Zero this whole time. 
that was definitely shocking as it added more depth to his character. Not only that, father is also his brother, which means he's technically number one's uncle. And, the delightful children from down the lane are actually the missing KND members of Sector Z before getting permanently delightful. That shit was mind-blowing. Too bad the revival didn't last long, but still. And because I'm talking about KND, there's definitely a lot of humorous moments and action scenes. This includes, but not limited to, number 101 constantly axing Sector V for their autographs, but in red, the villains getting double-crossed and later belittled by Grandfather, or when it looked like Father was finally about to stand up for himself, only to get cold feet at the last second. I know some people have an issue with that part, but it was fucking hilarious as it was definitely anticlimactic. In terms of action, we finally get to see number 362 show off her combat skills when she had to face off against the corrupted number 60, or when the members of Sector Z fought off Sector V when they became senior citizen zombies. And of course, number 0 taking on Grandfather once again, while number 1 launches the entire moon base on him. The movie also provides a good message about standing up for yourself and doing the right thing, as number 1 stood by his principles to find number 0 when everyone else doubted him, as well as number 0 revealing that he destroyed the recommissioning module, because he knew his time as a KD operative is over, and his only real mission in life is to be a good dad. The emotions are real, man. If I can nitpick on a few things though, I feel like the movie focuses too much on number 1, leaving the rest of the characters feeling shafted, especially his teammates. Yeah, they had their moments and he did help stop Grandfather towards the end, but it always circles back to number 1 at the end of the day. Despite that, Operation Zero was a great movie and it's definitely worth being placed in the top 5. Number 4. Ben 10, Seeker of the Omnitrix. Now here's a movie I wasn't expecting myself to rank this high, let alone place in the top 5, but it made a lot of sense the more I thought about it. When the Omnitrix starts to malfunction, Ben and Gwen reunite with Tetrax to find the adventure of the Omnitrix so they can fix it, otherwise it will self-destruct. Much like the case with Operation Zero, what made me rank this movie so high is the world building, especially since we got to learn more about the Omnitrix and why it was created. It turns out, Asmoth, aka the creator, is actually the same species as Grey Matter. In fact, we get to see the original species of some of the other aliens Ben can turn into, such as Forearms, Stinkfly, Wildfine, etc. Hell, we even got to see Ben team up with a female version of Vilgax, except she's not a tyrant and is actually the creator's assistant. Ironic, isn't it? Speaking of which, yes, Vilgax indeed does appear in the movie and serves as the main antagonist, which is a little cliche, but it does make sense in the grand scheme of things. However, the movie provides a good message on what it truly means to be a hero, as we get to see Ben slowly realize how harmful his careless actions are, especially when it looked like Gwen died and felt partially responsible. And just like in the show, you can bet there's a lot of action scenes included, like the fight scene between Ben and Dr. Amino in the beginning, the gang trying to escape the galactic prison, or the final battle against Vilgax and his army, in which we get to see Ben utilize a new alien cult, way big. That was fucking awesome! My only other complaint is that I wish Grandpa Max did more aside from appearing in the first 10-20 to 20 minutes of the movie. You would think that someone who has extensive knowledge of aliens and space technology would have a bigger role. Other than that, Secret of the Omnitrix was a great movie, and I had a blast rewatching it. Oh yeah, here's a fun fact. Did you guys know that this movie has three different openings depending on which version you're watching? One in which include a new alien called Eye Guy, which was never seen before up until this point. It was so fucking weird but awesome at the same time. Number 3. Teen Titans, Trouble in Tokyo. Kicking off the top 3, we have the OG and only Teen Titans movie. I know some of you have debates on whether or not this movie counts, but it's my list goddammit, so if I want to feature Teen Titans, I will. But not Teen Titans Go. Don't ever mention that shit to me. Anyway, when the Titans visit Tokyo to find a mysterious person named Brush Shogun, Robin is accused of committing murder. Now the rest of the Titans must find the real culprit and prove Robin's innocence. 
Even with my brief synopsis, you can tell this movie is a lot more edgy compared to the other ones I mentioned. Then again, it's Teen Titans. There are no strangers when it comes to edgy shit. For real though, I enjoyed everything that this movie had to offer, especially when it comes to action, fight scenes, and humorous moments, such as Cyborg cleaning house at an oikinit buffet, Robin getting aggravated that the only thing she could read in Japanese was a bubblegum wrapper, and Beast Boy kept treating this mission as if they were on vacation, not to mention him getting bombarded by a bunch of fangirls who referred to him as Otaku. But what I admired the most was the relationship between Starfire and Robin. If you've seen the show, then you would know that these two were meant to be together, which actually goes along well with the message about appreciating what's in front of you. In this case, Robin learns that there's more to life than just fighting crime, and that he's been in love with Starfire this whole time, and she obviously reciprocated the same feelings. If I can nitpick on a few things though, is I feel like the pacing was a little bit off, mostly during the final battle against Commander Daiso and the corrupted Brushogon. Nothing personal, I just feel like the fight should have lasted longer than what we got. Other than that, this was a great movie and deserves to be ranked this high. Number 2. Billy and Mandy's Big Boogie Adventure In second place, we have the first Billy and Mandy movie. It's funny, when people think about this movie, they mostly recall the commercials and advertisements, especially the ones featuring a live-action puppet version of Dracula. Seriously, Cartoon Network kept promoting the fuck out of this movie back in the day, as if their lives depended on it. I mean, it kinda did, but that's besides the point. <laughs> anyway, after Grimm lost his title as Grim Reaper, he, along with Billy, Mandy, and Irwin, must find the legendary horror's hand in order to regain his title before the Boogeyman does. One thing I love about this movie is that almost every character gets a moment to shine. For example, the Boogeyman actually becomes a huge threat for once after appearing for like one random episode in one of the earlier seasons. Mandy briefly, and I repeat, briefly, showing genuine concern about Billy, or Irwin finding the courage to rescue Mandy and even got his long awaited kiss, much to her heart. And because I'm talking about Billy and Mandy, you can definitely expect a lot of humor, like the court scene which acts as a follow-up to the episode Keeper of the Reaper, aka the best Billy and Mandy episode, don't at me, or when the Underworld Court decided to make number 3 from KNT as the new Grim Reaper, this took place before the crossover, or any scene involving Billy Bod and Mandroid, and let's not forget about the legendary Fred Fredberger constantly making cameos throughout the movie, as he believed Boogie's pirate ship was a cruise ship. Hell, we even got a catchy musical number sung by Billy called Scario. I mean, he did say there's always songs in animated movies. Come on, that song was catchy as fuck and you know it. <laughs> Even though I love this movie, the one complaint I have, and you can stop me if you heard this one, is that some characters didn't get enough screen time. Even though we have the main trio, plus Irwin, as the movie's focus, I feel like they could have given us more scenes featuring the other supporting characters, some of which are debatably more iconic. Granted, there was a chase scene involving Scar in the beginning, and I just said Fred Fredberger appeared multiple times. But I'm talking about characters like Harold, aka Billy's dad, Dracula, or hell, Hostel Gatto could have had a role instead of joking about him letting himself go during the credits. Regardless, I love watching this movie, but there's still one movie left that easily earns the number one spot. Number one, Ed and Eddie's Big Picture Show. Wow, Eric ranked the Ed and Eddie movie as number one. What were the odds? For real though, there was no doubt in my mind this movie was going to be ranked number one. And no, it's not just because Ed and Eddie is my favorite show. But for other reasons, I know, the episode where Matt and I review this movie is long overdue, but for now, I'll just give you guys a general overview. After another scam failure goes wrong, the Eds are forced to leave the cul-de-sac as Eddie claims his older brother can help him out in their time of need. Now it's a hot pursuit as the Eds try to find Eddie's brother, but are unaware that they're being chased by the kids and eventually the cankers. There's a lot of reasons why I love this movie, but I'll try to keep everything as simple as possible. Again, I want to save everything for my review episode. First off, the world building. As we finally get to see the Eds venture outside Peach Creek and visit areas that were never seen in the show, 
like a wasteland, a swamp, amusement park, and so much more. The comedy in this movie was on fucking point, as there were many times I kept laughing my ass off through and through. This includes, but I'm limited to, the car chase in the beginning, Eddie and Ed fooling around in the gag factory, Kevin caring more about his bike than Naz's well-being, Eddie making a comment about, I'm really starting to hate slapstick, and so much more that I really wish I could go into full detail. And much like the case with Big Boogie Adventure, every character gets a moment to shine and develop, except it's handled much better here, because I do mean every character stands out in at least one scene, from Ed actually doing something smart for once, Double D having enough of Eddie's tormenting, or Eddie, who in my opinion had the best development, admitting that he truly cares about his friends and that he only made up those cool stories about his brother to feel accepted. Yeah, let's cut the bullshit. Getting the chance to meet Eddie's brother was, and is, the best part of the movie, as he was constantly referenced throughout the entire show. In fact, he was the first and only adult to ever be fully shown, unlike in Season 5 where all the adults have these giant-ass arms. It turns out, he's nothing but a fucking asshole who takes great pride in tormenting Eddie, but thank god he got his much-needed punishment thanks to Ed. Not to mention giving us a very wholesome ending where the Eds are finally accepted by their peers and they all return home as one giant friend group. I'll admit, I cried like there was no tomorrow while watching that ending for the first time, because this was something that the Eds have been longing for since the very beginning, and all it took was 130 episodes, 4 specials, and a movie according to Double D. And as an extra bonus, the Kankers gave up their obsession with the Eds. Meanwhile, Johnny and Plank become the new outcasts, which took a heavy toll on the latter's sanity in a very humorous way. In terms of cons, I can't really think of anything because I loved everything that this movie represents. Who knows, maybe when I eventually do my review episode with Matt, he'll bring up a con or two. He always knows how to rain on my parade. Just kidding, Matt. Love you, buddy. Overall, this was a perfect movie, and I have no regrets ranking it this high. With that said, my list has been concluded. Not too shabby if I do say so myself. But this begs the question, will I do a future episode but talk about Nickelodeon movies? Maybe. Let's be real. The OG Spongebob movies could be ranked number one. <laughs> Until then, what are your favorite Cartoon Network movies? Tell us on our Discord server or DM us on Instagram. At Geeks Crossing. Continue to list us on all available listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Check us out on Twitch at EmanTheLegendary, Nuclear Bacons, Cryptwalk Games, and Carabyte. Also, tell your friends and family about us, especially any Cartoon Eric fans you know. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.